Welcome to the Simply Resilient Podcast. This is episode number 21, How Can I Keep From Singing? My name is Jesse Ellertson, and I am a life coach and a military wife who is in the trenches of life with each of you. This podcast is for military wives who know how to handle the challenges of deployments and frequent trainings, but want to stop feeling mentally miserable in the process. You know what to do and you're doing it, all while holding down the fort at home, but you are weary from living in survival mode and battling with your brain. If you are ready to thrive, then you are in the right place. Today, our battle buddy moment is from Maggie Pigs 8 and she says about the podcast, I've really enjoyed listening to this podcast, even though my spouse and I aren't in the military. The skills Jesse talks about are great for anyone's mental health, but I love learning more about the viewpoint of someone in the military and the hardships they face. I feel humbled, grateful, and more patriotic, and I know those feelings are powered by my thoughts, but they are great thoughts to have. Highly recommend this to anyone, but especially family and spouses of our service men and women. Thank you so much, Maggie Pegs 8 for that lovely review. I really appreciate it. Okay, today I'm going to share... Uh, some experiences that I've had with you in my life from singing. Yesterday, I was able to perform a song in our church meeting, and it was such a fun experience, and I just love performing beautiful music. We sang a duet of O Divine Redeemer, and it was just such a somber meeting that was so filled with love, peace, the spirit. Um, We talked a lot about Jesus Christ and the atonement, and sacrifice and forgiveness and mercy and repentance and this song just brought it all together and performing it yesterday practicing ahead of time and then the actual performance just really got me thinking about all the wonderful singing experiences that I've had in my life and I actually had something else planned for today for my podcast episode but with all of this on my mind I decided to change my schedule and record this topic and so today we're going to talk about what a beautiful gift music is to this world and particularly singing and what a divine way it is to express what's in our hearts and in our minds and then I'm also going to of course bring in the model and how that plays a part and just share with you some of the experiences that I've had throughout my life, good and bad, fun and hard, um, light and heavy, emotional, so many amazing experiences that I've had because of music in my life and particularly the opportunity to sing. And the reason that I titled this podcast episode, How Can I Keep From Singing? is because when I was a senior in high school, I had the amazing opportunity to get the solo in our spring choir concert and perform that song, How Can I Keep From Singing, for the soprano solo in that song. And it was a life-changing experience and really started me on an amazing journey of using music in my life to have some amazing connecting experiences and Uh, as a tool for channeling my feelings and communicating my feelings. And I'm so grateful that I have it and that I'm able to use this awesome tool and talent for my benefit and the benefit of others. So I first want to just tell you about my experience with this high school solo and some other experiences that I had with um, high school choirs. Like I said, I was a senior when I tried out for this solo and I had tried out for other solos and hadn't gotten them. And those were great experiences too, hard at the time, but they kind of led me to this point. And this solo really was very, a very good one for me, for my voice range. And I still remember that I kind of felt a little bit ill-prepared on the day that I was to try out for the solo. 
but I just went for it anyway and felt like I did a good job. And a couple days later, when they actually announced who received the solo, I was out of the classroom at the time of the announcement. And so when I came in, a couple of people, a couple people said, congratulations, good job. And I didn't know what they were saying. And then someone clued me into what happened and I was so excited. So needless to say, I went home and did a lot more work on it, a lot more preparing. And I was able to perform it a bunch of times. So I performed it several times just in practice with our own choir. And that was good because you kind of have to get used to just singing it in front of people. Um, And then I was able to perform it for kind of our school choir performance. And, you know, we performed it in the day for the school and in the evening for the parents. But then even on top of that, uh, we go on a little choir trip in the spring in high school. And we sing whatever songs we're singing in that spring term wherever we go on our choir trip because my choir teacher would line up performances for us and so that spring we went to Disneyland and California and I was able to able to perform the song several more times on that trip and so all in all I probably ended up actually performing it live in front of an audience maybe 10 times and the reason that I kind of outline all of that is because this was the journey that took me from stage fright and feeling like I wanted to throw up when I thought about singing in front of people to really getting some comfortability around performing in front of people to the point where I just had kind of nerves before I would sing it. And I didn't even realize there was a difference between those two things until I made that transition. So before this time, I had sort of sung all my life. I come from a pretty musical family and I'm pretty naturally gifted when it comes to singing and I really enjoy it. I had taken a little bit of voice lessons and some, some sung some things in church and had always done choir in junior high and high school. But it wasn't until this point that I really just was thrown in the deep end of performing in front of people, the metaphorical deep end of the pool of performing in front of people. And when I would think about speaking in front of people or performing in front of people, it just, like I said, made me want to throw up. And that to me was stage fright. I would get sweaty. I would have a hard time breathing calmly. And you really need to be able to breathe well to sing well. And all I could envision was just what everyone was thinking and what if I made a huge mistake and I just had a lot of really discouraging thoughts when I was preparing to sing in front of people. And what's so interesting about that is those kind of thoughts of what if I mess up, what is everyone else thinking, actually has that physical manifestation in your action line and in your result line of not singing as well as you're actually able to sing if you're calm and relaxed and confident. So I was glad that I had so many opportunities to sing it because each time I got a little more comfortable singing in front of people and my performance went a little better and a little better. And there were still times throughout the maybe the 10 performances that I would have kind of a low one where it didn't go as well. And then a couple of really great ones and each one taught me a lot about performing. I have a little treat for you guys. If you stick around to the end of this episode, I'm actually going to include the recording of me singing this song as a 17-year-old senior in high school at our high school choir concert. So stick around to the end. I had a couple more amazing experiences being a part of our high school choir. Um, A couple of the the more notable ones were... When I was a junior in high school, we were able to travel to New York City and perform in Carnegie Hall. That was really amazing. 
Um, Another really life-changing experience for me was when I was a senior in high school, uh, I was a part of a smaller, more competitive choir, as well as the the bigger a cappella choir where I I sang the solo. Um, But the smaller choir, we were able to go up to Salt Lake City, where our church headquarters are for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and perform Christmas songs really early in the morning at the church office building for all the employees coming and going that morning. And we were able to perform for the prophet of our church at that time. It was President Gordon B. Hinckley. And it was so such an honor to meet him in person and really was a testimony building experience for me. And I loved it and I'll never forget it. We were also able to perform at a Catholic midnight mass on Christmas Eve, my senior year, which was so cool. And we had prepared a couple of specific songs for that. And then to be at their midnight mass, which I had never attended, not being Catholic, was very spiritual and such a beautiful experience. And I still remember that it snowed like all that night, the whole time we were there and performing. And it was a little bit treacherous driving home that night. And it just being Christmas Eve all just felt so magical. Uh, We were also able to perform at nursing homes as a wonderful service that we could provide and many other places. So those experiences in high school is really what started to build my love for singing and especially those experiences I had my senior year as I realized that being vulnerable and being willing to do that scary thing of performing in front of people was so rewarding and doing it just helped me get better at it. One final thing that I want to say about this these high school experiences is that I'm so excited. My girls, I have two girls in junior high and they're both in their junior high choirs and really enjoying it. And I'm just looking forward to what they're on the verge of, of the high school choir experience. And I hope that they have some really amazing experiences like I did. So my in the trenches moment for you today is talking about using the model to sing better. So this is one of those experiences that I'm able to look back on it and apply the model because I obviously didn't have this coaching model when I was 17 years old. But a little bit like I've already mentioned, it's pretty fascinating to walk through that model of what's happening to your body physically when you are scared and stressed and nervous and end up performing poorly or when you are calm and confident and end up performing at the best of your ability and it really all starts with the thoughts so the circumstances simply singing in front of 130 people or whatever singing a certain song those are the facts of the circumstance and then your thoughts about it could be anything it could be what if I mess up what if people don't think I'm a good singer what if I forget the words what if I come in flat What if I'm too quiet? What if I'm too loud? Almost kind of like any concern you might have or I'm not, I'm no good. I don't deserve to be up here. Um, This is so scary. I might die. All of these thoughts that are triggering that the stage fright basically is kind of your end result there for that model. But when you have thoughts like that, when you really entertain those, because it's not that they won't try to come, but when you have a game plan to answer them, that's when you can really get a hold of it. But when you just entertain those really terrifying thoughts and worried, scared thoughts, the feeling line then is scared, terrified, nervous, self-doubt. Those are the feelings that you create with those thoughts. And then your action line is actually the physical manifestation of those that feel those feelings of 
terror basically and so your throat literally gets tight and feels like it's closing up and when that happens it's really hard to take deep breaths and when you don't take deep breaths you sing pretty poorly and when you're terrified your mind goes blank and you forget the words this is all in your action line and your armpits get sweaty and your palms get sweaty and so then your you know the dress you're wearing or whatever just starts to look a mess and you are scanning the audience for, you know, uh, disapproving faces and you find them, you know. And so those thoughts that bring on those feelings of the terror and the self-doubt are then coming out in your action line and your end result is stage fright and not performing as well as you are able to perform, as your abilities would allow or your preparedness would allow. Because when you're just practicing for yourself, you're not thinking those thoughts. You're thinking, okay, I'm all alone. You know, no one's hearing this. And I think I sound pretty good. And I'm glad I'm preparing. You know, you're kind of thinking good, normal thoughts. You might still be nervous, but it's not until you're ready to perform in front of people that you start to have those really terrifying thoughts. So using the model to sing better is where you can answer your lower brain when it offers you thoughts like, what if everybody hates this? Or what if I'm not a very good singer? You just answer your thought. You just answer your lower brain with a game plan of, I've prepared for this. Um, My choir teacher chose me. I know I have skills. I know I'm ready. I know that some people will like this. I know I like this. This is a beautiful song. It's a privilege to perform it. I know that I can stay calm. I know I sing better when I'm calm. Calm is available to me. I love the way I sing. Other people love the way I sing. All these thoughts are available to you. And when your lower brain says, what if they won't like it? We just say, I know there will be people who will like it. We don't have to say every single person will like it. We don't have to say we'll sing it perfectly. We just need to be able to answer our brain with the thoughts that we have chosen ahead of time to channel the feelings that we want, which will actually produce better singing. So if we're able to channel, I'm prepared for this and like... I know I'll sing this well, or it's a privilege to sing this song, one of some of those thoughts, then we might be able to generate those feelings of confidence, calm, peace. And then our action line is actually like I like in our earlier model, the how well we're able to sing. So when we are calm and confident, our muscles are relaxed and our posture is straight and strong. And when we are relaxed and standing up straight, we get such good breaths. And when we're breathing well, our sound comes out beautifully. And when we're spending time thinking how prepared we are and how we know we're good at singing, then we're listening for that in our own voice and we're watching for that in the crowd. We see the smiling faces, the people nodding or crying. You know, they're, We know they're having a good experience with this gift of music that we're providing. And then our end result is, you know, we may have started with a little bit of nerves, but we answered ourselves, we calmed ourselves down. And then we perform to the best of our ability. That's really our end result. And it's amazing to look at using the model to sing better. And I love this concept because so many performance activities like sports and, you know, acting, singing, all these kinds of things is so much a mental game. Ask anybody who golfs or acts or anything like that, how much they have to work on their mental game as well as their physical game and practicing. It makes all the difference to be able to harness your brain and to control it in a way that really benefits you when it comes to performing. So just to finish up this concept of stage fright versus nerves, I want to talk about how stage fright really comes from our lower brain. And the way we can know that is it's completely irrational. 
I don't think that anyone in the world has ever been hurt or killed by speaking in front of people or performing in front of people in a a regular setting. They may, even if they get booed off the stage, that's, you know, the worst thing that can happen are some negative thoughts and emotions. But for the most part, barring extreme circumstances, um, we are, when we're having stage fright, we are terrified of something we're almost making up in our minds. We're saying, I am terrified to speak in front of people. I am terrified to sing in front of people. But what are we terrified of? We're afraid of what they're thinking. We're afraid of what we're thinking. We're afraid that we will mess up. But really, none of those things can hurt us. But our lower brain has misidentified danger. They've said like this vulnerability and this risk is dangerous and it's terrifying and we should not do it. Now, on the other hand, feeling nervous or having nerves maybe before you do something that's high intensity, high pressure, a little bit of high stress, also a a very vulnerable. That's another word that I really want to bring into this because putting yourself out there in front of people is a very vulnerable thing. Being willing to do it well, do it poorly, show yourself to people, that's all a very vulnerable thing. And so I think it's very human and very rational to feel a little nervous, a little jumpy. Um, Nervous and excited actually feel pretty similar to each other, which is interesting. Um, I think it's pretty normal to start to think about, you know, oh, what if I make a mistake or what if people don't like this? But then again, to have that answer for your brain to say they can like it or not, you know, every it's all available. Everything's fine. I know I like it, things like that. So as you go to any kind of performance situation, just start to identify if you're dealing with some stage fright or just simply nerves and realize that one is just because you're human and serves you and the other is really irrational fears brought on by your lower brain that really do not serve you. They impede your progress and your performance. So I want to share a few other beautiful experiences I've had in my life because of singing. Um, I've sung at quite a few funerals. That's what first came to my mind as I was making this list. I had a friend just after we graduated from high school pass away from cancer. Her name was Megan and she was amazing and our high school magical choir was able to perform at her funeral. This was just maybe a month after we graduated and that was an incredible experience. Um, I've sung in our church choir most of my life. Um, A couple fun experiences that I had, one while I was still single and one when I was married was I actually tried out for American Idol and this was in 2004 and it was the season that Carrie Underwood won and my roommate and I skipped a couple of classes in college and we drove to Las Vegas and tried out and it was such a riot. So fun. Neither of us made it past the first round, but we had such a good time. You basically fill out all this paperwork and you're in line all day just to get like your spot in the auditorium for the next day. And then they tell you to come back the next day and this is the seat you're going to sit in and they just bring people down section by section. And we were in this massive auditorium that I think seated maybe 7,000 people. And I think at the end of the day, they let us know that 200 people went through on that first cut. So they really are in this process of just weeding it down like crazy and sending most people home. You either have to be amazing and knock their socks off, or you have to be very entertaining and go through for other reasons. So I guess my roommate and I were just normal. I think she has a lot more abilities than me. And I thought there's a, there was a good chance she would go through. And when we both got cut, we were disappointed. But we also were in the middle of a semester of college. and We both had jobs and we were a little bit relieved in a way because we weren't sure what we would do if we got taken through to the second round. So it was quite an adventure and we just 
went back home and we were glad we did it. But then later on, several years later, my husband and I took our two oldest and at the time they were just maybe four and five years old and we took them to Disney World before we left Alabama. We lived out in Alabama for a couple of years and right at the end of our time there we went to Florida and just took our two older girls to Disney World and if you go to Hollywood Studios they have kind of a simulated American Idol competition which is so fun and I decided to do it that day and uh, I made it through I think two rounds but not to the finals. And that's okay because we wanted to just go ride more rides, but it was a lot of fun. Um, A couple more funerals that I've sung at that were very meaningful to me was my grandpa Lindorf's funeral. This is my dad's dad. And he was uh, in World War II and spent most of his time in the Philippines. He was a supply sergeant. And so he received a military burial, which was really special. Uh, My husband was in the military at this time and we're one of the only ones in our family in the military. And so we actually received his flag afterward, not at the funeral. Um, I think my dad received it at the funeral, but later on we were the ones to keep it. And at his funeral, I was able to sing, per his request, Battle Hymn of the Republic. And we did a really cool arrangement of it that made it a little more of a solo performance. And it took everything in me not to cry through the whole thing. But it's a little bit hard to sing well when you're crying. And so when I've had to sing at these funerals, while I feel all the emotion of the funeral, I have to sort of stay very focused while I'm singing so that I can perform to the best of my ability. Um, I had a very close family friend pass away from cancer several years ago, and I was able to sing at her funeral. And I sang with my sister, actually a duet of an arrangement of I Am a Child of God that we put together that was really beautiful. Um, I love to sing to my kids, and I kind of go through phases with this. I'll be in a singing phase and sing to them a ton. And then, you know, maybe a couple months will go by and I'll realize I haven't sung to them hardly at all and it's mostly my little kids they like to be sung to sleep or a couple of songs before they're ready to go to sleep some of their favorites are you are my sunshine and uh, my three-year-old right now is frequently requesting ariel's song part of your world um my we have a lullaby we sing to our kids called this pretty planet that's from my husband's childhood it's Tom Chapin. And my kids also love when we sing fun little songs like Incy Weensy Spider and ones like that. Um, I've really enjoyed a lot of different karaoke experiences and different contests. Like in college, we had a couple of singing contests that were a lot of fun. And one of my favorite things about Christmas is Christmas music and going caroling and singing songs about the spirit of Christmas and about my Savior. And that really brings in the the feelings of Christmas that I love to enjoy. Another favorite memory that I have is in my husband's family, who my husband's whole family is musical, like seriously, a very gifted family in that department. And we very often, when we're all together at his parents' house, will circle around their grand piano and sing together. And it's always such a beautiful experience to have that many gifted voices in one room singing beautiful harmonies together and especially when the music has such sweet messages okay well that's what i have for you today on singing and what it can bring into your life your mission for this week is to find things to sing about and if you don't sing i mean maybe that's a metaphorical mission for you 
But I just want you to start to look for opportunities to celebrate through music, celebrate your life through music, enhance your life by singing, listening to singing, listening to music, just adding it into your day more. It can be such a powerful tool to promote positive thoughts. And if you have a desire to sing out loud in front of people, but you feel nervous or have that stage fright, I would just like to challenge you to start to work on that and just start to find little opportunities to sing in front of people in a way that might help you feel more confident because doing it and having that opportunity to practice your brain offering you all those scared thoughts is the best way to get that practice of calming your brain down and then performing. Okay, we're going to close with our hot mess moment for the episode. And then, like I said, I'll put that how can I keep from singing song on the end of this episode. So my hot mess moment is actually from my time in that high school choir and right when I was singing the solo. So we were doing our concert in the at the school, but in the evening for the parents and the madrigal choir would go on first and I was in that one and then we would go out and change and you know do a couple other things while two other choirs went on kind of the two um, younger choirs that weren't like audition choirs they were just classes maybe concert choir and like mixed chorus or something and then acapella went on last which is where I was doing the solo and so I can't remember exactly what happened but I think I got caught up talking to somebody in the hall and all of a sudden I realized oh man like I need to probably be back on stage. So I peek into the auditorium and sure enough, acapella was on stage singing and I panicked. I couldn't believe it. Um, My song was the third song and they were at the end of the first song, I want to say, when I peeked in. And so I ran around the, the side and up through the stage and I am a tall woman. So I'm always on that top row with all the the tallest people and they're up on rafters and so I run around the back of the rafters they're performing the second song and I come on next and I'm like panting because I've run and I tap the guy who I'm standing by and he helps kind of hoist me up onto that really tall top rafter and then I just spend the rest of that song trying to calm my breath down because I'm about to walk down out in front of everybody to perform my solo and fortunately I was able to I feel like running out of breath just talking about it because I remember how intense it was. But I was able to calm my breathing down enough uh, and kind of just use that adrenaline, I think, maybe to even get a little better performance out. I'm not sure. And I was just so relieved that I made it to stage on time and I was able to calm my breath down and go down in front and, and perform the song quite well and feel pretty good about the performance at the end. But man, I uh, really could have been in trouble there if I had missed it. So that's my hot mess moment. And now here's the performance in this piece. If you're not familiar with it, you'll hear um, I start at the beginning. I'm the soprano solo and then three altos join me and then the choir joins us. And then I continue on singing with the choir and I sing for a, with the choir for about the first two minutes. And then I just join back in with the choir for a couple of minutes. And then right at the end, I come back in um, to kind of finish up the solo singing as, as an echo to the choir. So please enjoy. Enjoy. 